Hello and welcome back to Where Are All My Friends. This week is with Evan or Young Van, who is an artist that I've known for probably about a year now, but I didn't really know his story. We were kind of just internet friends. We had chatted back and forth a little bit, and then we were talking, and I was like, you know what? Let's, let's tell that story. So that's what this episode is. I'm going to keep this intro short. He gets right into it. The one thing that I did want to say that I always say is thank you so much for listening to the podcast and for specifically rating and reviewing it. In the last week, I've seen so many more ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts, and it really, really does help so much. So if you like this episode and you feel like leaving a review, I dearly appreciate it. The other thing is, if you prefer to watch podcasts instead of listen, I do have a YouTube channel for the podcast. I feel like I don't talk about that enough, but I've started doing videos with all of the interviews that I do satellite. A lot of the other episodes are on video as well. So if you prefer that, go check out the YouTube. They're all there. All right, let's get into the episode. Here we are back again with another episode of Where Are All My Friends? And I kind of got the Zoom thing going on before I did only audio when we were doing this satellite. And now we got Young Van on the video. If you're listening, you can watch it on YouTube. So that's cool. I'm stoked on this episode, though, because we really don't know each other too, too well at all. I think we talked on the phone once, maybe a year ago, and I gave you some quick advice on something. I obviously know your artist project, but just a little bit. And I've kind of just seen you grinding away, doing your thing. But I, I really do like episodes like this. Like we were just DMing and you're like, dude, anytime you want to have me on. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, like that'd be cool to hear your story. So here we are making it happen. I apologize if you are watching from my very desolate room. I just moved here. So it's me, a bed and my plant, Vlad. And uh, we got Evan over at his place. Hopefully roommates mm -hmm. don't cross for the kitchen, but fuck it. Yeah. There aren't there are no <laughs> rules here. Exactly. <laughs> I said, uh, it's it's Evan, right? Your actual name is Evan. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is that a known thing? Uh, I'd hope so, because my name okay. is Young Van, so it's just Evan without the E. Young. I literally never thought of that. That is very yeah. funny to me. <laughs> Everyone always, no one ever knows that. They're always like, oh, young van, like minivan, like, oh, like an actual van or like the shoes. I'm like, no, my name's Evan. It's without the E. That's, that's, that's funny. Name. I literally never put that together. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for joining me. I'm excited mm -hmm. to actually learn your story because I don't know it too well. Um, for anybody who's listening who doesn't know at all who you are, just like super briefly explain who you are and what you do. Okay, well. My artist name is Young Van. Um, I make music about the sad parts of life because I think it's easier. It's a lot easier to write about sad stuff than happy stuff um, just because the sad stuff is usually more powerful. But anyway, yeah, I, I make music. I started a record company called Minivan Records that I own, and I'm trying to do some stuff with that. Before the COVID stuff happened, I was trying to book shows, and that's when I talked to Andrew before. Is, yeah. uh, he was giving me some advice on how to book some shows and how to talk to people and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, just really trying to get my head into the music industry. And I'm a musician. I sing. I don't produce or anything. You know, I don't do my cover art. Usually have my friends help me with that and help me with mixing and mastering and all that stuff. So I'm really fortunate um, that I've met so many people that I've got cool. to make some cool music with. I want to talk about that a bit because I think some like I, I think in this lane of like solo independent artists, there's a lot of options. Like you can be the producer and the vision and make all of the art and do all of the things, or you can make good friends, find kids that are good at producing and just kind of like play into your strengths. And I'm I'm really interested in that because I think that 
as music is evolving, especially the independent underground scene of anything, mm-hmm. like that's where I came from, certainly. And I think a lot of people listening uh, definitely have roots in that, are currently in that. And it's really interesting to hear other people, how they've found their way around it and how they've adapted or what they do. I think that's really helpful. So I really do want to talk about that um, quite a bit, actually. And I also, I didn't know that. On, you said it's Minivan Records? Yeah, Minivan Records. That's solid. That's a good mm-hmm. name. I like that. I want Thank to talk you. about that because I didn't realize that you were doing that. Um, I also don't know too, too much about like your background of not even that I really care about education, but like I feel mm-hmm. like you're a little more focused on the business side of music than some of the other artists I've talked to. Yeah. And I always like conversations like that. So before we dig too, too deep in that, briefly tell me just like where you're from growing up, kind of like how you got into music. Okay. Um, so yeah, I grew up, well, it's a little bit long story, I guess. No, I won't make it too long, you know, so people no, listening don't get it, really bored from me talking. But I was uh, born in Lexington, Kentucky, you know, mm-hmm. UK Wildcats, all that good stuff, Kentucky Derby. But I only lived there for like eight months when I was born. And then my family moved to Atlanta, Georgia. Oh. And my dad was working at a music studio there. And both my mom and my dad were in rock bands at the time. Really? Yeah. Um, my dad actually toured with Leonard Skinner back in the 90s with his band. It was like his first big break. They opened on a um, stadium tour with Leonard Skinner. And so, like, he was, he Holy always told shit. me stories and stuff. Yeah. About like the writers. They would always ask for random stuff to see what they would actually do for them. Um, yeah. Touring back then, too, stories. like, so crazy. Like, you hear the stories of like just any, I can't even imagine a stadium tour, but like just touring mm-hmm. in general in that time, it, like, it just sounded so larger than life. So, oh, yeah. damn, I bet that man has some stories. Yeah. He does have some stories. And it's always cool listening to my, you know, my dad talk about some of the cool stuff he's gotten to do throughout his life and the people he's met. The cooler part there is a lot of people don't grow up in musical families. Like I certainly did not. No one in my family cared about music at all. Like really, like my parents would like listen to the radio or like I guess my dad knew like Led Zeppelin and stuff like that, but it was never a thing. And I've always been curious of the people that like from day one have like musical parents where that leads. So again, I'm interested in your story for that reason. So young age, you go to Atlanta, you're growing yeah. up. When when does mm-hmm. it click for you? Like when, at, at what age were you like, all right, maybe I like this music thing? Um, I think probably like eight, nine or 10. So like we moved to Florida for a bit. We lived with my uh, grandmother in the back of their house. They had like a, a outhouse that we lived in for like a year. Uh, then we moved our own house for like six months, and then we moved back to Kentucky, which is where I ended up growing up for the rest of my life, like seven to like, you know, 20, a long Got time. Got it. Where do you and live And when now? I was there, oh, I'm living in Missouri right now for school. I'm here. And okay, Springfield, cool. Missouri. So there it hopefully, is. you know, when things get better, play some shows around here. But anyway, moved back to Lexington, Kentucky. My parents ended up getting divorced around that time. I think it was like 2007, 2008. And I think that's when I started writing music like I would just be in class and I would start writing lyrics just about how I was feeling and uh, I have I don't think I have lyrics with me but like I still have notebooks from elementary school of lyrics I've written and they're depressing and I was like maybe Damn, I should have even some at that help. age like, <laughs> yeah like, it was maybe it was I should really have sad. had some actual help and not just written lyrics in elementary yeah, exactly. school exactly <laughs> well I I have a song I recorded when I was 10 that my dad like produced for me it's called blazing eyes and uh, wow. I'll have to show you after the podcast. Like I, I, I have it somewhere, but 
It's funny. So, I don't yes. even know. How old are you now? I'm 22. Uh, my birthday okay. was like three weeks ago. So I just turned 22. Oh, shit. Happy birthday. Um, thank you. But still so, relatively yeah. young as far as mm-hmm. like time in the game. That's cool. So, okay. So you grew up there at a very, very young age playing or at least understanding getting into music. Were you playing any instruments or anything? Okay. So like fifth grade, uh, I played the trombone for a bit. But then when I hit middle school, I realized I didn't really like horn instruments. So I started playing percussion. So like I played like the drums and marimba and stuff like that. Mm. So that was my musical like exploration during middle school. And what about music that you were listening to? Like what was the first kind of stuff that you were like, yo, I, I actually like this. Lincoln Park. Yo. I listen to Hybrid Theory like all the time, actually. My dad bought me the CD and same with their second album. It starts with an M, right? Met- Metroland or something? Meteora? Yeah, the Meteora. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I like that album as well. Um, so That's yeah, so Lincoln Park when I was young. Listen Dude, to it's, a lot. I swear so many of the people I talk to, like there was some amount of like Lincoln Park or like Blink-182 or like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like Lincoln Park was so important though because it was kind yeah. of the first band that a lot of people found where they mixed rap and rock in a cool way. Yeah. And that like, I think opened the door. If you were a rock kid and you heard that, you're like, oh, rap maybe? Or mm-hmm. if you were like a rap kid and you heard that, you're like, all right, rock isn't that whack, cool. It, it's really cool. I like their music a lot. I don't know. I remember listening to them a lot. I just remember listening to Rage Against the Machines, like that one song, like Pocket Full of Shells or whatever, like Riding Round the Valley with yeah, the Pocket yeah. Full of Shells. But when I was a kid, I, I still remember that I have this vivid memory of us driving along this long road and listening to that in the car together. Um, and in my head, I'm imagining me walking around the beach, picking up shells and putting them <laughs> in my pocket. Because as a kid, I didn't realize what he was talking about. So I was like, oh, wow, they're, they're going getting shells at the beach. And when I got older, obviously, I realized what the song was about. But yeah, I just remember that memory every time I hear that That's song. That's so funny. I think about that too. Like at, at a young age, you find music, you still like it, but you don't understand mm-hmm. like the meaning of it. But for some, like exactly. you still like work with it in your head or you like a melody or you like something. And then later on, you go back and you're like, oh, wow. It okay. reminds me, there was another song. I think it was, uh, forgive me if I'm wrong. I think it was T.I. and Justin Timberlake. But it was like, oh, I've been driving on this road too long. Been trying to find my way back home. The old means dead and gone. I used to listen to that like all the time in sixth grade. Until I got older, I realized like how terrible the song, like the song is so sad. In middle school, I was super into like dancing. So all the big dance songs I was into, like Cat Daddy, You're a Jerk, obviously Soldier Boy. Uh, okay. Superman that I want me you. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were into, okay, you were into dancing. What, um, mm-hmm. what, yeah, like what were your hobbies as you were growing up? Like did it go full music dancing or were there other things? Yeah, so like in middle school, uh, I basically just danced like a lot. Like sixth and seventh grade, we had a bunch of school dances. I went to like all of them and I would always just dance and like challenge people to dance battles and stuff. And like it was a lot of fun and I was really into it. And then eighth grade, I think I could, that's kind of when I transitioned. Um, I don't know what happened, but I used to be really into dancing. Not, not so much anymore. But yeah, in eighth grade, I joined marching band. And so I just didn't have a lot of extra time to like do dancing stuff and do all that extra stuff. So I got really into like band. Um, and then like video games, I think. Like I was playing Minecraft a lot. Yeah, yeah. In middle school, this kid told me about Minecraft. And when I first went home, I typed in mind as in the mind. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't mm-hmm. find it. I was like, what is this game? Obviously back then, like, you know, I don't 
I didn't text or whatever. So I just heard it at school. It was like mind craft and nothing popped up. I was like, dude, where can I find it? But once I found it, ooh, I was sucked into the hole of Minecraft back in the day. I like that game was like my life for like four or five years from that point. But okay. I wish I, I don't know anything about it. I wish I could relate more. I know a lot of people okay. played it, but but yeah, anyone who likes Minecraft, y'all know what I'm talking about. I, I just explored that. So that was a lot of fun. Also, uh, I had, I well, I have ADHD. So like at the time, like I was taking Adderall uh, every day at school. And it, I think it was, it was probably eighth grade. I think when I stopped, like when I realized the med- how the medicine affect me, like I was losing a lot of weight, like I was underweight. Um, I had like a lot of mood swings taking Adderall. Like I would just come home at night and like cry just randomly. Um, and so I think like sophomore year of high school, I stopped taking Adderall. Like I finally got my doctor to say, Hey, it's okay. You can, let's try it. She was like, let's see how your grades are. And then we'll see. But my grades were fine. I was still like a B average student after I stopped taking it. So good. That's crazy. That's, that's another thing that I've like, I was never prescribed anything like that, but I've heard a lot of people like talk about the downsides of being on like prescription medicine and like how you like just will feel hollow or will feel fucked up or mm-hmm. all that. Like obviously it can help some people, but it's it's interesting that like you were aware of that where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember being like in eighth grade and I was like, I mean, I'm still young. I don't really know what's going on, but there would be days like I just knew I wasn't myself when I took it. So I would skip the med- I just would tell my mom I took it just so I could go to school and be normal. But then like the days I had tests and stuff, I'd take it and I just felt like drowned out. Like I guess I, it's a good way to describe it is like if you're like, I guess like looking like you're in the cafeteria. Like when I'm not when I'm not at when I'm not sorry, when I'm not on Adderall, I'm sitting in the cafeteria. I'm talking to everyone, having fun. When I'm on Adderall, it's almost like I'm outside of the cafeteria looking at everyone like in the room, just watching. everyone. So it just feels like. It feel really disconnected. And like I said, I also would skip meals. Like it, it like really lowered my appetite. So like I would not eat until like the night. So I wouldn't eat like anything all day until dinner time, really. And so, yeah, damn. It's not good. But that's crazy. Okay. Well, cool. I'm I'm uh you're painting a picture. I'm understanding the you. So mm-hmm. where at what age then does young van happen? Uh I think I was 18. Okay. Yeah, I was a senior in high school. Okay. And I'm using my Blue Yeti mic now, but this is the first mic I got. I got it, I think it was sophomore year for my birthday. I'd asked my dad, I was like, Dad, please, like, I really want a mic. This mic is not too expensive. It's $100. Like, this is all I want for my birthday. Like, I really want this. Um, I could use it at the time for YouTube. I wanted to be a YouTuber. So I was like, this is the mic I want. It has a tiny stand. I can record video games and like do audio with it. And my dad was like, okay, like I'll look into it. And he got it. And I was like, yes, I was so happy. Um, problem is, is having ADHD and trying to be a YouTuber does not work out. So I'd record a bunch of videos. I'd play a game. I'd edit like two or three videos. And then the next week I'm like, oh, I got to play this game again and try to c- complete it. But I was like, no, I don't really want to. I don't want to play this game. It's boring. So it was really hard. Like, you know, sticking with a video game or sticking with something to do on my YouTube channel. So like yeah. I have a bunch of series that are just like one or two videos and then I never finish the game and it's just, I just start a new one. Um, so I think yeah, a lot YouTube. of people can relate to that dude. Like, cause it's, it's such a fun idea, right? Like you look at somebody mm-hmm. yeah. doing YouTube or 
Yeah, take YouTube. You look at somebody who has an established, awesome YouTube channel. You stumble upon a video of them playing through a game or doing a this or talking about a that. And you're like, this is awesome. Like, I'm in. And you're like, that must be nice. I want to do that. But then you, when you go to do the execution of it, you understand, like, they have hours, like thousands of hours probably into getting it dialed and finding their voice and finding their flow and the behind the scenes of editing. So like the pros make it look so easy. You then go to do it and you're like, God, yep. this sucks. And you do a couple of videos and you're like, damn, maybe I'm not as in love with this. Or, exactly. I don't know. No, I mean, that's I think that's exactly very relatable. Yeah. I'm glad. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you understood. It's like, and I think that could go for a lot of things, not even YouTube. It's like sometimes something looks so cool and it's like, wow, that's going to be awesome. And you actually do it and you're like, oh, well. This is not yeah, as cool I mean, as I thought it would be. And like you said, there's a lot of like editing behind the scenes that I didn't realize was going on. So I think that's why it's so important to find things that you truly, truly love because the unexpected labors and BS that you have to go through just to send any kind of product or to be able to do it for so long and have no one care and still do the work just because you love it. Um, I think it's pretty, like, I don't think it's a bad thing to try things. I think it's okay to be like, I have 10, 20, uh, unfinished series where I've tried this because (laughs) then when you do find the thing where you're like, all right, yeah, I'm down to put 10,000 hours into this. Like, sweet. Now, you know, now you have experiences in the past to know the things that you weren't down for. So is that what kind of happened? Like you were trying that and then you did the music side of it. Yeah. And I, I honestly think that's a good, it's a good thing to do. Like you said, it's good to like try things and be like, okay, this sucks. I don't like this. Like better to do it and know that it's not your thing than always wish you had done it and never knew, you know, what it would be. But totally. Yeah. So basically senior year came along. I had a lot of personal stuff going on in my life and I was just really unhappy. So I found randomly at one night, like I was just on YouTube listening to some music really late. I see Lil Peep star shopping at the top corner recommended next song and I click on it. And it's funny because I feel like a lot of people, it's that song they heard that kind of brought them into this whole underground scene I never knew of because I always listened to like EDM or like pop music. I never really knew yeah. of this whole, well, and, you know, Linkin Park, all that stuff. But like at the time I wasn't listening to like what was, you know, being put out with the underground. And I clicked that song and I was like, whoa, like it just spoke to me. I was so depressed. I was so unhappy in my life. And it, Everything little people saying in that song, I was like, this is how I feel. I was in a relationship, too, at the time. And I was just like, wow, like, he is speaking facts. And after that, I found Spooky Black, Knight Lavelle, Oliver Francis. found all these other artists that I was like, whoa, who are these people? I've never heard of these artists. And I found they're, yeah. like, really underground artists. And I was, like, blown away. And uh, that's where my love began. And I had a Mac and I had GarageBand. So I clicked that thing open. I looked up Lil Peep type beat and was like, hey, let's try to make something and that's when I started making music obviously it was not great at first actually hold up my story is wrong I just I forgot a key feature I actually started Please. making music before that so that's how I kind of like knew I could do it when I was like wow I like this there's my friend Jonathan his name was Jonathan Maristel his uh rap name was JJ Mary all throughout like childhood we were like best friends since I moved to Kentucky in seventh grade we were best friends um and in high school, he really got into, like, rap. Oh, you know, we were always into that music stuff, like my dad was. So that we we would always listen to Linkin Park together. And, like, I'll never forget, um, there was this song by Selena Gomez called uh, I Love You Like a Love Song. And me and him would sing that, like, all the time. Like, that was, like, our favorite song one summer. Uh, and, yeah, I, I, always, I always think of him when I think of that song. But 
anyway, high school came around. He was really working on his rap stuff about sophomore, junior year. And he was having trouble like with some of the like recording. And I was like, hey, I have this mic that I got from my dad. And I was like, you know, I have GarageBand. Let's try some things. And so I really got into music by helping him, which is funny because I don't mix or do anything of my own stuff. But like at first, like that's what I was doing. I'd bring my computer to his house and like I would mix and master his vocals and we'd work on songs together. And that's where I really first got my experience with music is through him. And he pushed me to write as well. Uh, he's the song will never be released and it's very lost, but there's a song. He sent me a beat because I was like, I really want to work on a song. He's like, oh, I like this one. And he sends me, it was like produced by Breezy or something like that. And I wrote this song called like, uh, I just, the lyrics were just like, I'm so alone. I'm lonely or something like that. It was just like really, <laughs> it was a really bad song, but <laughs> but I'll never forget it. So he's the one who really got me into it. He, he emailed me a beat and that's how I found out about this whole type beat kind of thing on YouTube, which is yeah leads into my story of i found a little peep and then that's when i was like oh i like this kind of like you know guitar kind of trap rock uh, music going on which was super cool and that's where i really found my love for uh you know music and recording writing singing that kind of thing yeah so once you found that that was like your next thing like the same way you fell for minecraft whatever exactly. like you were just like oh shit i'm in like it really connected that's how it was it's exactly that's crazy how many people, again, had a similar story, right? Like, even going back to the Lincoln Park mm -hmm. thing you were talking about, like, a lot of people found that, like, whoa. But you're right. Like, finding Lil Peep and finding all those artists that you just said, maybe finding the Astari channel on YouTube, oh, yeah. like, mm -hmm. all these things where it's, like, whatever that YouTube algorithm was, whatever that was, no but, idea. like, everybody got served those same videos. And, like, it's the people crazy. that, like, got it were, like, oh, shit. Yeah. It is actually miraculous. So that happens and then like you're just like game on. Did you have any reservation on like being an artist or were you like, yo, like let's fucking go for this? Um, yeah, I didn't really know. I was working at a grocery store at the time at Kroger and I was being scouted to go to a college to play esports. So like Whoa. music wasn't really like my goal. Like it was just something I was kind of doing just to get out some of the emotions I was going through. Like it was something I was just working on um, for fun, really. And to just be therapeutic almost to talk about a lot of my feelings. And and it was fun. And my friends were hyping me up. They were like, hey, this is not that bad. And I was like, oh, thank you. Like I'll keep going then. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And there's so, yeah. also, am I wrong? Like this is like, again, I don't know your story too, too well. But you have at least a song I think more than that, produced by Brody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which he did a lot of stuff with Andy or the Breathing Backwards. Mm -hmm. And it seems like there's like a circle, like I don't know it as well as like some of the kids that I've toured with and some of my circle. Yeah. But it seems like there's like a friendship circle there that I'm like, oh, whoa, they're all friends. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, no, I'm, there... I'm friends with Andy and Brody, yeah. Okay. I've, I've stayed with both of them. Because you're also like, you're all like kind of in like that central East Coast, like mm -hmm. kind of vibe area. Yeah, exactly. Right? Uh, yeah. Andy let me stay with him when I was checking out some colleges up in Ohio. So that was cool. And then Brody, I misspoke. I didn't stay with Brody, but I've gone to New York a few times and Brody lives in that New York area. So I, I got to see him a few times as well, which was really cool. Nice. That's cool. So tell me, I'm trying to like paint the picture of your career, but then also keep it going in a linear way. So you find mm -hmm. all of that, you start making music. I guess where I want to get into here is just the fact that like you aren't a producer and you kind of found what you liked. I really yeah. like, let's get into that discussion. 
because you become the artist that you are. You, I guess, like, I want to say, like, play into your strengths and start to do that part of it. Like, yeah. what connected for you? How did you know to, like, find producers? How did you have help people help you make art? How did you kind of get going with it? I guess... I'm just a very collaborative person. I like working with other people and bouncing ideas off of others as well. And so when I first was making music, I tried to make some of my own stuff. There's a few songs I worked on with my dad back around the same time I started Young Van, um, maybe a year before, where I was just like playing keyboard and stuff. Because I always like messing around with the keyboard, which would make you think I'd like producing and get a MIDI and just make some melodies. But my problem is I start producing and like, I just get bored, like... I'll, I'll like an idea. I'll be like, oh, this is cool. But then I'll get on to the next part of the song. Like, I'll try to add the bass or the drums. And I'm just like, no, this isn't how I want it to sound. So I always just end up texting my friends like, hey, here's this idea. Like, can we do something? And they're like, oh, yeah, I can do this like 20 minutes and I'll send you something. I'm like, okay, cool. And Perfect, I'm better. really blessed for that. But I guess I should go back to how that started. Um, at first, I was mixing my own vocals, you know, just messing around in GarageBand as best as I could in a bunch of YouTube videos. And a bunch of YouTube beats, you know, just pulling those off and making a bunch of songs for fun. But the first song that I really remember getting someone else to mix, which this may not be completely factual, but I just know the first song was my biggest one, which is I Waited On You. And the producer, HK51, he actually That was HK51? Yeah, and he mixed that one for me as well. So I didn't I didn't mix it. I sent it to him. I said, hey, man, can you please mix this? And that was it was just one stem. It was one take. I did it all in one take. And I was like, could you please mix this? Because I don't know how to do it. He's like, yeah, I got you. Like, I'll mix it. And he sent me the mix back. And I was like, this is it. Dude, he he is low-key like the fucking guy. He's one of the first people. I put a track or I I think it was. I don't remember if it had vocals or not. But I put a track of his out on the first ever version three mixtape. Because I was just like, yo, this kid's amazing. I, I have no idea how I found him. But that's crazy that you as well. Because it's not like he's like deep, deep, like massive following or something like that. Like he's just this low key dude that does really cool shit. That's crazy. Yeah, he's insanely talented. And I agree. He's not like Nick Mira or Boy 50 or Cash Money EP level. But like his stuff is just as great as their productions. And that song has what, like 6 million plays now on Spotify? Yeah. not more? It's done really well. And uh, it wouldn't have done as great without him. So I'm really blessed. For HK. So shout out to shouts to him. He's a great guy. That's so cool. That's Mm -hmm. so, so cool. So with that, like, did you start, was there a moment where you like started to get a check off of just like releasing your own music where you're like, oh shit, I need to do more of this? Because I, again, from at least the conversation that we had before, Mm -hmm. you do seem pretty like interested or business minded on like some Mm -hmm. artists don't give a crap about that but it seems like you do pay attention to that like did you have a moment where you're like oh if i chase this this could be real yeah so i think at first obviously i wasn't making any money and it was really just fun even when i waited on you my my biggest song i waited on you never came produced by hk started doing well like i wasn't making money off of it i didn't know how to do that or what that entailed at the time so it wasn't until like six or seven months after the song released, it was September of 2017, where I found out about DistroKid and I uploaded that one and my EP Dead Love. And those are the yeah. first two things that I released. Oh, and The Fall, which was produced by To The Good. So shout out To The Good as well. Oh my God, To well. The Good as well. Yeah. yeah so To The Good. And amazing. was everything just on SoundCloud before that? 
Exactly. Yeah, it was just on SoundCloud. Yeah. I don't think I even had a YouTube. Maybe I did. If I did, it was because of Garden, because Garden always did a lot of YouTube stuff and would do YouTube live streams. So I, I think I did make a YouTube for Young Van at that time to, you know, hop in. Crazy. And, all that stuff. and was that you guys being friends or you being a fan of his? Um, so I met Garden through Nolan, who is uh, Sad Vibes Forever. He has like this Vibes okay. Forever kind of YouTube chain. So he's a big, a lot of YouTube channels he runs. And Nolan was like, hey, I know someone you should work with. And I was like, okay, who is it? And he's like, Garden. And so Garden sent me a DM on SoundCloud and said, hey, I have a song open for you. Would you want to hop on this? And I was like, sure, man. And at the time, Dude. he had just hit like 2,000 followers. So it was like, for the time being, like when I was, I had like probably 200 followers. So having an artist who had 2K was like, Someone Ten famous, like being, being like, yeah, like being like, hey, want to work on a song? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. like let's work on a song. And yeah. that's where our friendship started. And Garden's a really that's awesome. amazing person. I'm really Yeah, that's glad. another like mutual friend. Like he's one of the top downloaded episodes of the whole podcast. Oh, like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's such the homie and like he's so humble yet. Yes, like, his yeah. product is just so good. It's like. Take, so true. take an incredible artist with an incredible vision and just a humble, genuine, caring person and put that all together. And like you have the mixins for a great you dude. So that's crazy that you have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's cool. He's a, he is a sweet guy. And uh, I'm blessed to have that relationship. And it's cool, like you said, getting to watch him really grow to that next level and see a lot of these. Uh, I said this, I tweeted about this the other day. It's like the most rewarding thing about being like a musician is watching a lot of your friends like become successful and really take yeah. it to that next step and that is like super cool to be able to be like oh my gosh like that's my friend i know that yeah. guy I've, I've watched him grow or watched her like grow and so it's, it's a very rewarding thing and that's i think kind of why i wanted to start minivan records um after i'd been doing music for a while this was 2019 i think it was about september again is when i decided i was like okay this is when i was booking shows as well i was like i, I want to start a record label so that i can really like book shows and like do tours and stuff and maybe sign some artists and start doing some releases. And that was kind of my goal. Haven't done anything with it yet, but I mean, a lot of stuff has happened since, you know, late end of 2019. Like it's been kind of hectic yes, it has. in the yes, world. It has. So hopefully get some things running, running up in this later end of the year or 2021. But I forgot what we were talking about before we started talking about garden. I guess we were just talking about when I no, started. No, I, I was music. just, yeah, like basically I'm just trying to like get that picture. I think that the conversation stemmed from being like, yo, were you like, holy shit, when you started making money? Oh, yeah, and yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so yeah, I really did. Money-wise, I didn't know. Um, at first, I think it was 2018 when I started making a little bit of money. You know, I would get like $100 a month. And I was like, yes, like that's like a few night out with my friends in college. Like we'll go to Cheddar's or Chili's and get some food. Like that's awesome. Yo, Chili's with the boys. Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't until like, I think, beginning of 2019. Like end of 2018, I was getting a little bit more like 300 to, you know, like 250, $400. I was like, wow, this is a little bit more money than like, I think. But in 2019, that's when I was consistently getting more of the upper range, like 600 a month or 700 a month. I was like, wait, I could, if I find a nice place, I could pay rent with like about 500 a month. Like I could probably make this work if I just want to do this. And so that's when I, uh, I dropped out of school in my previous college where I was playing uh, esports and I ended up moving to go to school in Nashville. And that's where I finally, I was doing music. That's, that was my job. So I had an apartment and I was paying my rent just off my music. And I think that was the first moment, like September of 2019 when I was, or August, I guess, when I moved in. That was the moment I was like, wow, like this is my job right now. Like this is my career and I can really 
bring it to the next level. Hence why I started Minivan Records. I was like, okay, let's see if I can get into the business side of things and really start pushing that kind of aspect. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really crazy moment there when that like happens because it's just, it's this incredible thing where if you're a solo artist and you distribute your music like Mm -hmm. this, like it's kind of the first time this has been able to happen. And I love seeing it happen for people. And I love seeing like where that, what that sparks. So your idea Again, the timing is pretty awkward with Minivan Records because you, I like I remember you hitting me up asking about yeah. shows and all of that. And then like we have all the Corona stuff because even for me, like version three stuff is pretty much paused right now. Like yeah. Where Are All My Friends is a spinoff of the Where Are All My Friends tour. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like as far as like touring, putting out music and all that, like we pretty much paused that. So I you feel you. Yeah. Um, but what... Uh, Tell me about that. Like, tell me like what your interest was in like business and kind of what your your bigger vision is for that. Okay. Well, first thing, I just I really liked the name minivan for like my my fans, like my supporters are the minivans, young van and the minivans. So like I always imagined doing a tour called Young Van and the Minivans and just like a, a like huge tour. And I was like, hmm, wonder if I made like minivan records and had my own record company and then I could like book a bunch of shows under that. And I guess in hindsight, the idea was to kind of have a big brand that I could really put myself under like this umbrella to be like, this is all my stuff. And I could do book shows. I could help people with their stuff like marketing. And then I could do all my own stuff under it since I'd own it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start minivan records. And thankfully, um, because I'm very fortunate and very privileged that my dad was in the music industry. He has some friends and he connected me with this lawyer out of Georgia who helped me get the LLC for it. Um, and like really get, you know, a good job doing that. But my ideas for it was really the tour stuff would be really cool. I want to be like known as like an underground label that like throws really cool shows. Like I want to be like that kind of label. People are like, oh my God. Yeah. Like I want to sign to them. Like they're going to put you on like some really cool shows. With a lot of other artists that are already doing a really good job or yeah they really know how to like distribute like vinyls and cds really well so they're gonna get you some really cool music or you know i guess since i wanted to leverage the success that i was having in the underground scene to help smaller artists so i signed mm-hmm. a smaller artist this was my idea so i'd sign a smaller artist and then i hit up some of my artist friends be like hey man um i just signed someone to my record label would you mind doing a feature for them they're awesome like i think they're really good they have potential and then instead of someone you know either a the underground person, you know, that we're hypothetically speaking of doesn't sell features. So it's like, since they know me, they're like, oh, sure, I like this song. Like, let's do it. Or B, their feature price is like a thousand something crazy. But they're like, okay, we're friends. Like, I'll do it for you. So that's what I thought. Like, I could kind of help people work with people that they wouldn't normally be able to work with because of either price range or just people not wanting to um, do that kind of thing. And uh, mm-hmm. also, since I've been doing it for so long, I guess I've kind of learned how to do some of the marketing stuff. You know, how to plan a marketing. Are we doing photo shoots? Like, what's the cover art going to be? Do we have, like, trailers to release? Like, when are we going to release it? What are good days mm-hmm. to release? How many singles are going to release? So since I've done a few projects, I've kind of learned um, a bit about that, you know, the marketing stuff. And that's why I started Minivan Records. And when I was in Nashville, I was studying music business. So I learned a little bit uh, more about the the law side of things with copyright and, you know, 
top, you know, copyright basically. That's really a lot of all I learned there. But I mean, that's important <laughs> stuff to learn. So that's that's really all I learned. <laughs> yeah, but I, I did learn that, and that was good to learn stuff about. But um, yeah, man, I'm just. It really is interesting to me, like the business side of things. I think right now in college, in the current college I'm going to, I'm studying multimedia production. Like I really want to get into like films and music videos. So like I really just want to do everything music wise. Like mm -hmm. I want to shoot, I want to shoot music videos for people. I want to, I want Minivan Records to be like the hub. So I want people to be like, oh, you want a music video? Oh, someone under Minivan Records can do that for you. Like yeah. if you sign to them, they'll shoot the music video for you. Oh, like you want... You want a photo shoot or like a cool trailer shot, like some a, a short film for your like album you're doing? Yeah. Minivan Records. Oh, you want to go on tour? Minivan Records. Oh, you want Young Van's new album? Minivan Records. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah, dude. I, I mean, really I feel just you. It's, it to be brand, so I totally feel you. I totally feel you because that was uh, there's a lot of like parallel vision with what I did with version three, where all my friends tour, all of that. And it's cool to hear, like, what is, you said you're 22 right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm like, I guess, a generation older. I'm 29. Maybe like a half generation. I don't know. How nah, to you're not. Down. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just cool to like, it's cool that even coming from entirely different lives and different backgrounds and everything, mm -hmm. there is that like parallel vision of just like a place to help put your friends on and elevate things. And it's cool exactly. to understand that more. Like now as I think back to the conversations we had on the phone where you were asking me about booking shows mm -hmm. and all that, like, it's cool to hear your story and like hear that where you're like, this is what I want to do. And I'm personally such a believer that there's room for everyone to succeed. And like, I'm so, I love that you have that vision because I think like we were talking about with even like Minecraft or making a, mm -hmm. a gaming channel, whatever, you yeah. have to try a lot of things before you really find your thing. And that's okay. So the fact that you had some success as a, mu uh, as a musician, as an artist, and then you're like, all right, cool, I'm going to do this. And then that could stack to this and this and this. Like, I just really respect that evolution. And I think everybody needs Thank to you. try that. So that's cool that that's part of the vision. And uh, I think that's a really good thing to be working on. As far yeah. as your career, uh, what's next up as far as the Young Van Artist Project? Um, so I've got like a lot of features I'm working on with a lot of my friends. Like I said in the beginning, like I really like collaborating. Like I just find it a lot more fun to make a song with like a few people or, you know, have a producer and another artist in the song. So it's just really fun. So I have a lot of features in the works, but those usually take times because everyone's running on their own schedules, especially now. But I am working on like, I'm call, I'm going to call it like my debut album. Like I've had a bunch of projects and I've released albums before, but this one I'm going to release on vinyl and CD. Like I want to release it physically. Because oh, cool. Young Van nice. doesn't exist on physical like right now. I've never right. released anything physically. A lot of so. people don't. And what's crazy is I blew my mind because it's like, what if Spotify just stopped releasing music? Or what if Apple Music went bankrupt and stopped releasing? I just thought about that today. It's like, how would people get my music? Like it would just be gone. But it's like... If I have CDs and vinyls, like it, it'd be so cool, even for me, just to own like a piece of my um, music and it, you know, be able to play it. It'll be a different feeling, especially like if you're a musician, you'll probably understand. Like there is some sort of different feeling being able to play it on Apple Music than actually having a physical copy of like a vinyl and putting it on your record player and being like, wow, that's me. That's crazy. Like that's yeah. me. So that's the next goal. And I really want to do that with Minivan Records. So I'm just looking at my options and trying to figure out how I can do that. 
um, with money because I know vinyls especially are a little bit more expensive to uh, to get made. So figuring out my options. There's a few people I'm looking into, but I think it's going to be cool. And I don't know what I'm going to call it yet, so I can't give away a name or anything for the album name. But I do know I'm going to put three songs that are already released on it. I am going to put I Waited On You, You Never Came On It. I'm going to put the song I made called How To Cope, which is produced by Fatsy. And then I'm going to oh, put... Oh, shout out to song. Charlie. Let's go. Yeah. Fatsy's awesome. Shout out, shout out Charlie. And then the last song is um, When You Tell Me You Love Me, It Doesn't Feel The Same. And that's produced by To The Good, featuring my friend Suicide. So those are three songs like I have always wanted to have like physically. Like when I made them, I was like, yeah. I just liked them a lot more than... I guess I realized at the time because I always come back to them, you know, like I'll release a new song mm -hmm. and be like, oh, I like this. But then I'll be like, oh, I kind of want to hear the song I made like a while ago. And so I really want them to be like on my first like debut. I keep saying that just because it feels like if I'm going to release it physically, it's really going to be like, OK, this is Young Van. Like I want to make sure it's all of my best songs. Like I just want it to be 10 songs, um, you know, just really clean number, not too long, like hopefully under 30 minutes. And that'll be it. I don't know what else I'm going to do with it, but I just know vinyl, CD, probably about six or seven new songs. And then those three, those three old ones are going to be on there. So hopefully it'll also give people incentive who like my biggest song, I Waited On You, will be like, oh, I want this so I can listen to I Waited On You. You know, they may not even care about the new album. They may be like, I miss old, yeah. I miss old Young Van. Like, I miss Young Young Van. I'll be like, well, that's cool. <laughs> young but Young Van. Yeah. So you guys can buy the album and still enjoy my, some, you know, old Young Van. Uh that's so, cool. Yeah. I like that a lot, man. Like, it's funny. Like you say, like, what if Apple Music, Spotify go away? And that's such a crazy yeah. thought. Like, um, I have so much like grew up like consuming tapes or CDs or whatever. Yeah. And like getting something digital was like, it's so much easier. This is better. <laughs> but you're right now. Digital music is so accessible, so easy that it's you true. almost forget how nice it is to have a tangible piece of music. And I think vinyl, like you're saying, is very special for that reason because it's big. Like you hold it. You, yeah. you, when you're looking at that record, you see every detail in the art. You can oh, open true. it up and if you have like an insert, you can like all the lyrics or whatever you wrote. Like I think that's really special. And that's I had true. done that with some of the artists I managed. Um, putting a lot of time and care into vinyl, things like that. Because if you're a fan and you're taking the time to buy that music and you want it physical, it's because you care about music and you want that sure. extra tangible piece and that feeling. So I, I like that I like that your head is there. And I think that that shows that you have some some artistic integrity. <laughs> Thank you. I like I that a lot. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're getting pretty close to our time. I feel like this really cooked on by. But yeah. I guess where I like to where I like to leave it, and it's an interesting one because I really do think that you are so um, I don't know, like it's it's early days for your career. Like you have a lot ahead of you. Well, thank you. Um, but I, I <laughs> That's good. yeah, dude, absolutely. But I do, I love to have these conversations early in the day, right? It's cool mm -hmm. to understand at one point we will look back and call this young, young van. That's true. But right now in this journey, a question that I like to ask, because I think that anybody can relate, even if they're aspiring to be an artist, if they're in it. Just for you, if you were to go back to any spot where you felt like the most turmoil or doubt about the whole thing, where do you go to with that? And now knowing what you know, like what do you tell that version of yourself? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think back. I mean, there were many times, uh, even with 
not even with just music, but like everything just going on in life, you know, music, college, relationships, friendships, count as relationships, but just wanted to clarify. Yeah. But there are many times where I'm just like, it just feels overwhelming. You know, it feels like things are not going to get better. But I have to remind myself that we're all doing the best we can. And like, you're going to make mistakes in life. You're going to drop a song that no one listens to. I drop songs now that sometimes just don't do well. People are just like, meh, it's not really what I wanted to hear. And I'm like, okay, I respect that. But it feels good to drop it. But the point is, is like, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have a bar- bad marketing campaign. You're going to drop an album that people don't really like. You're going to have, you're going to fall out with friends. You're going to say things you wish you didn't. You're going to hurt people. And that's just part of life. And I think if I could go back and like tell my younger self something, I would just tell them to like, Learn to forgive. Learn to forgive yourself and learn to forgive others. And I think that's like the biggest lesson I've learned, you know, from my dad and from my therapist and from just my parents and like living life. Um, Just enjoy where you're at right now. Because one day you may wish you were like, well, I wish it was three years ago. Like, I wish it wasn't COVID right now. I wish I was out playing with my friends. Like, just got to take, don't take things for granted, I guess. And learn to let go and forgive and love i guess that's where yeah. it all comes down to like a lot of things are about love you know the good and bad so yeah dude no that's really cool i like that a lot and I, I totally relate i feel you it's it's so easy to look back on those days and be like damn i wish i could have just had that yeah and even exactly. as we say it now right like you sometimes take that advice of your own and you're like all right cool apply that today remember yeah. <laughs> that today exactly um but i i just i'm always intrigued by that question because i think no matter where we're at in our lives there's always some perspective where you mm-hmm. look back and you're like damn it i agree so, thank you for that that's cool you're welcome thank you for asking um <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely and again you know like this interview like us talking like there's going to be so much more of your life and your career. But I just kind of, I thought like, fuck it, why not? Right? Like we had known each other. I didn't really know your story, regardless of where you're at in your career. Like it's fun to just get it on the books and tell, just talk about right now and talk about leading up to now. So this was really fun for me. Um, Did I miss anything? Is there any like crucial detail where you're like, fuck, I should have talked about that? Um, I guess the only thing I would just like to shout out my friend, Jonathan, um, because he, he passed away last Christmas Eve. He was murdered the morning of Christmas Eve. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of pain I've been holding on to about that. And I've been writing a lot about him and a lot of my music. So that was probably the hardest thing because he's the reason I really was making music is because he showed me how to do it. And he was really into like rapping and, you know, music online, YouTube beats. Like that's really how I really got into the realm. So. I always try to bring him up now, like when I do interviews, because since he's no longer with us, I want him to live on in some sort of medium, you know, whether that be my songs or just mentioning his name so it doesn't kind of just go away. So, dude, that was hard to lose him because he was my best friend. But I'm so sorry. And that's like so insane. But what you just said there is like, I completely agree is like, if he inspired you and if he showed you this and you keep that going, it's like, that quote that I never quite get right, but it's like you die twice, once when you physically pass and then the second time when your last name is ever, or when your name is spoken for the last time. Wow. And it's like, I really love that because he made this impact on you. And if you always remember that and speak of him and let that inspire you and that memory of him, I mean, I certainly would be pleased to know that I did that for somebody. So that's cool that you keep that going. 
Thank you, man. I mean, that's the goal. That's all I want to do. And I'm just going to keep making music. I'm not done yet. I got a lot of songs to write. And uh, it's looking like it's going to be a good next five years or so. We'll see. That's awesome, dude. And that's cool. Uh, that's cool to have somebody that has that same aspiration, like Young Van or Mini Van Records. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but like, I love where your head's at with all that. And thank uh, you. You know, hit me up too. Like, obviously, like I'm, I'm always happy to help people that are chasing those paths. And I, I wish that there were more people that would support and just like help push people to do those creative things. So that's awesome. Uh, where can people find you if they're listening to this? Like, obviously, I'll link everything in the show description. But yeah, so if you guys want to find me. On Twitter and Instagram, it's at Young Van, Y-U-N-G-V-A-N. And then on YouTube, you can just search Young Van. And SoundCloud, it's It's Young Van, which is I-T-S-Y-U-N-G-V-A-N, which is, you know, back in the day, I couldn't get it. And then with SoundCloud, you can't swap it or it changes all the links. So I was like, well, it's not worth it. I'm just going to keep it as the old one. But yeah, you can find me on that. And I will like to say I try my best to always answer DMs. I still do that. So if you guys ever just want to talk or you just want to, just say, hey, you know, yeah. I'm always open. I try to make myself available to talk. And I just love talking no, that's to people. that's really cool. So. That's really, yeah. really cool. And I, I think, like, I personally, like, I love it when I hear from anybody that listens to the podcast, if it helps in any way. So if you're listening, if you've just found Evan for the first time and you relate to any part of his story or if you've listened to his music, anything, like, I think it is really cool to be able to talk to people that have been in similar experiences. And that's cool that I you're agree. so open about wanting to talk to people as well. It's cool. Well, I love people. That's why I make music. <laughs> I'm saying, dude, I feel it. That's why I make podcasts. I think that's cool. I love podcasts. So I'll definitely Hell rewatch yeah. this and listen to it <laughs> after it's released. Yeah, dude. It's fun. It's super fun. So, dude, I think that's the spot to leave it. Thank you for joining me. This was really fun. And uh, hey, man, I'm sure we'll be talking. Likewise, thank you so much, and I hope everyone has a great day. So there you have it, Young Van's story. Really, really cool, dude. I hope you liked this episode. If you did and you made it this far all the way to the end, another huge favor that you can do is just sharing the episode on social media. Take a screenshot of wherever you're listening from, post it on an Instagram story, share it on Twitter, whatever it is. Word of mouth has been the best way for this to grow. So it's a super simple thing that you can do that really does help me a lot. So if you want to do that, thank you. If you want to go absolutely above and beyond, you can also donate to the show. It helps me with things like upgrading gear, keeping the website online, just all of that. A lot of work goes into podcasts behind the scenes, and I'm happy to do it. I love doing the show, but really any type of support helps a ton. So you can go to whereareallmyfriends.com slash donate, and anything you feel like donating is freaking amazing. Thank you, as always, for listening. I will be back next week with another episode.